Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It is a Monday, November 29th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Flyers have lost a sixth straight game, this time to the New Jersey Devils, by a final score of 5-2. to two. So the pain continues. Like, Monday's not bad enough. Flyers have now lost to Tampa in the shootout. Boston by a score of 5-2. to two. Tampa again 4 nothing. Lost to Florida in overtime 2-1. to one. Lost to Carolina, Black Friday, 6-3, and now lose to the New Jersey Devils, 5-2. Their next opportunity to end the bleeding will be coming up on Wednesday when they take on the New York Rangers in New York. New York off to a very good start to the season, and it'll be a tough, challenging game coming up on Wednesday against the Rangers. Tuesday's game that was slated to take place in Philadelphia against the New York Islanders, who have lost seven straight, has been postponed. No uh, word on a make-up date on that one just yet. But the immediate next three games, Rangers Wednesday night on the road, Tampa on Sunday, a week from yesterday at Wells Fargo, and then Colorado on Monday. So the, the schedule doesn't really get easier right now. Eventually, maybe it will. But right now, when you're having trouble scoring, when you're having trouble generating offense five on five, when your power play can't get the job done and is clicking at roughly 10% over the last 15 games. Really, the only area of their game that's been pretty good has been the penalty kill. Other than that, not much good to report. As everybody knows, I'm not a huge analytics guy. It's not like I swear by them. I don't swear against them. I'm a believer that analytics are a tool, not a religion. But they are a tool. And I always look at them, especially when it comes to goaltending and how teams are scoring, what they're doing to be able to score, the areas they're going. Was it a one-time pass? And I've talked about Stephen Valaket's ClearSight Analytics data before. And I had to track all the way back to the Calgary game, the last game the Flyers won. They got that win on uh, Hall of Fame night, 2-1 to one in overtime. But according to Money Puck, who does live game tracking of scoring chances, all situations, and does all kinds of different analytical data. Uh, I, I had to look all the way back to that game to find a game where the Flyers' all situations expected goals was higher than the opposition. Now, on that night against Calgary, the expected goal total was 4.77 for the Flyers, 2.98 for Calgary. Flyers won the game 2-1. to one. They actually underperformed the expected goals, only scoring two in the game. And you can see on their heat maps and their shot charts where those high danger chances come from. And they're all around what they call the house, the slot. And that area, that's where high danger scoring chances happen. That's where most goals are scored. And conversely, at the other end, not nearly as many shots given up in that area on their own goaltenders, although they did give up some. But over the next six games, the Flyers have been out high danger chanced, out expected goals, out expected goals, and this is the result. It's when you look at where they're trying to score from, it's no mystery while they're why they're having a hard time scoring. You have to get to those areas, you have to get the puck there, you have to get bodies there, and the Flyers just aren't doing it right now. They're settling for shots from the outside without traffic. And for NHL goalies, that's easy. That's playing catch in the backyard with your son throwing a baseball. 
You have to get traffic. You have to get goalies off their spots, and they're just not doing that in the last six games. And again, the game against the Devils, two goals in the game. Didn't give Mackenzie Blackwood nearly enough fits around his blue paint. Didn't make it difficult enough on him. Now, the two goals, the Lawton goal, the shorthanded goal, uh, is a pseudo breakaway where he fends off P.K. Subban after uh, Sean Couturier does a good job standing up the zone entry and Provorov chips it to Lawton, who goes the other way. And then the second goal, Joel Farabee is where? Right on the back door, easy tap in, in the right place. You go to those spots, you get that puck moving across the, the slot line, which is that imaginary line from the middle of the net out to the blue line, and that's how you can score. But the Flyers just aren't doing nearly enough of that. And when you're struggling, you think that just getting shots to the net is good enough, and that's going to turn things around. That's not going to turn things around. It's got to be with a purpose. And right now, this team is struggling. Confidence, I imagine, is just gone in the in what they're trying to do and what they're trying to accomplish. And you see it when you look at these shot charts. You can go on ESPN.com, go on MoneyPuck.com, and bring up the game from last night. You'll see where the shots are coming from, and you'll know that that's not the place to go to score. And then you'll see at the other end of the ice where the Devils went. And you can click back through any of the Flyer games, and you'll see that the, the expected goals in all of those games, every one of the six games in this losing streak, has gone in the opposition's favor handily over the Flyers. Now, I got a tweet. We're going to hear from Elaine Vigneault in his postgame press conference in just a moment. But I got a tweet from a guy who said, uh, John Bailey's his name. He said, Jason, as the roster moves seem to be looming on the horizon, who are your flyer untouchables to date? He said, for him, it's Hart, Farabee, TK, Frost, and McEwen. All others could be trade block conversation at this time. Now, I, I looked at that, and I had a big uh-huh moment. Okay, look, I don't know that roster moves are looming. We haven't seen that around the NHL just yet, with the exception of Evander Kane now being put through waivers. We haven't really seen trades happen yet. We're still not even at Christmas. And, you know, teams are just about a quarter of the way into the season. But just, okay, for argument's sake, if trades and roster moves are looming, who are my untouchables? And, And like he said, Hart, Farabee, TK, Frost, and McEwen. Now, my huh goes... First of all, you grab Zach McEwen off of waivers, and he's done a nice job, and he's making it easy for the coaching staff to keep him in the lineup. Coaching staff is looking at everything and Chuck Fletcher every day and going, what can we do? What can we put into the lineup? Where can we move guys around to generate offense? But McEwen's making it, making it easy for the coach to go, we don't need to take him out. He's been good. He's done his job. But that being said, He's a fourth-line player. He can't be an untouchable. I mean, for you to have Zach McEwen on your list of untouchables is absurd to me. First of all, he doesn't have much value. You're not going to get much in return. But that's absurd to me. As far as the other ones go, Hart, Farabee, TK, and Frost, I'll just be honest. When last year happened the way it did, and this year is going this way right now, It's a six-game losing streak. And I was the one in a a previous episode that said things can change really fast in the NHL. And they can. Things can change very quickly. But we're mired right now in six straight losses. The team hasn't scored three goals or more, more than three goals, I should say, 
in 15 games. In 15 games, they haven't scored three more than three goals. As far as untouchables go, there's no untouchables. I I don't want to tr- I don't want to trade Carter Hart. I don't want to trade Joel Farabee. But there's no untouchables. That would be absurd. The only guys that are untouchables in the league to me are probably Connor McDavid, maybe Austin Matthews, and that's Victor Hedman. That's probably where I stop. Everybody else can be traded. So, I, again, I don't want to trade Carter Hart. I believe in Carter Hart. I think he's going to be a great goaltender. He's been very good this year. But as far as untouchables, no, I can't have that conversation. So my list includes no one. And again, I don't know when the trade market starts in this NHL season. It started about a week later this year, the beginning of the season. Sometimes you get some moves that trickle in before the holidays and before Christmas, but it's not generally a time when teams are looking to trade. And the other thing you have to consider is any team that trades a decent player because they don't think they're going anywhere, if they do that, that's a signal to their fan base that they're just playing out the string. And I've said this before, ticket sales matter in the NHL. You signal that to your fan base before Christmas. Now, ticket sales matter, and there's a lot of season left, but it's also coming off a year where there weren't many fans in many buildings. So that's part of the equation as well. Teams may convince themselves that they're in the mix longer than they are for that reason. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to play out this year. I really don't. If you want to find a trade partner, you look for a team in a similar situation as the one you're in at this time. That's the only way I see it. And I look at a team like Vancouver. They're a team that has had a very disappointing start, and there needs to be change there. If the Flyers are going to make a trade, that will be somebody that could you could probably dance with and, and swing some kind of deal at this time of year. But like I said in yesterday's episode, Chuck Fletcher can't just make a move to satisfy the fans because they've lost six straight games and people are angry and they they want a head. They want somebody gone. They want to trade. Can't do that. He's got to, if any deal that he makes or anything that he does, he has to make sure it's the right thing, not just to feed you know, the fans a body. You have to do the right thing. And if that's before Christmas and he decides that, that's great. If it's not and deals aren't happening around the NHL, then you take that. But you can't force a move just to do a move. That's never good. That Those don't work. And they need to be very calculated right now in anything that they do. All right, let's hear from the head coach after the game. Elaine Vigneault addressed the media. A lot of the guys we just talked to spoke about confidence that the team right now is just seems to be lacking confidence. How do you get that back, especially when the losses just keep piling up? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good question. Um, you know, we uh, you know we make it two two. We've killed off two penalties. Should be feeling confident and good about where our game is, and then we make two mistakes that you can't make and obviously this is a game of mistakes and they made us pay for it uh so uh very disappointing to 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 do that in a 2-2 game but at the end of the day we're 
try and regroup here to get a good practice in and get ready for New York on Wednesday. What's the message you've seen after a game like this uh, when there was some effort there, but just I mean, at the end of the day, you got plays you have to make, and whether it's a checking play, uh, whether it's a stick play, whether, whether it's a passing play. And uh, we had been real good this year when the game was on the line in the third period. And tonight, tied it up. I felt real good about where we were. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't make the right plays. Scott mentioned, we just like Scott Lawton, he mentioned it feels like right now you guys are spending too much time in your own zone. Have you seen that? And if so, how, why, do you, why do you think you guys are spending more time here? I mean, one of the ways to spend less time is to check quicker. And if you check quicker, then you get the puck back and then uh, you, you can make your plays and get up the ice. Uh, right now, we're not doing that. And uh, obviously, we got to find a way to get out of this real quick. Flyers will be back in action coming up on Wednesday against one of Elaine Vigneault's former teams. That would be the New York Rangers. And I'm not sure if it's good that they only have two games this week or not. I'm conflicted on this. I'm, I know players, when they're going through a struggle, they want to get to the next game as quick as possible because they want, especially when you're in a losing streak, you want to get a win and you want to end the streak. And the only way to do that is by playing games. You don't want to sit around, go to the rink for practice every day for a couple of days and keep hearing about it. You want to end the narrative. But for a coaching staff, they want to get their team back on the ice. They want to get their team practicing. They want to clean up some things. But this is a situation where they only have two games this week now, Wednesday and Sunday. Wednesday against the Rangers on the road, Sunday against uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning at Wells Fargo, and actually a back-to-back on Sunday and Monday with the Flyers taking on the Colorado Avalanche. Not going to get any easier, but I don't know if the if not having that Islander game, now that was a back-to-back, Islanders-Rangers, that's probably good not to have a back-to-back. But also, the Islanders are a team that have lost seven straight. They're struggling as much as the Flyers right now, but they're not going to have that game this week. When they reschedule it, what are the Islanders going to be at that time? We'll find that out in due time. Everybody, thanks for giving me your time and listening to this episode of Flyers Daily. We'll have another brand new one for you coming up tomorrow. In the meantime, everybody, try to make the most of your Monday. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you on tomorrow's Flyers Daily.